Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You absolutely don't have to tell Kyle Shanahan to run the football. It is the modus operandi. It's the way he wants to do it. And he certainly has just found gold in Christian McCaffrey. This guy is CMC Yardage Factory, and he likes playing Seattle. He hasn't played Seattle much in his career. As a matter of fact, your sample size is two career meetings with the Seahawks. He's registered 175 more or more yards from scrimmage and two or more touchdowns in each of those games against Seattle. And I'm guessing that they might be in the rear viewer enough, rear view mirror enough to where Seattle still had a defense that was really a consequential defense in some of those games. I, although I it might, maybe it was the last two years. I don't know, but that's really not how an NFL schedule rolls out. But anyways, tonight's the night to run the ball. I mean, and they want to run this ball 40 times. They want to do that because it is what they do. And it's also the easiest way to make sure Brock Purdy has the path of least resistance, not only in, you know, not risking a third-string quarterback making too many decisions. But it's also a path of least resistance to play action, which I think opens up with Brock Purdy. And and that's the way Kyle's going to want to go and do it. By the way, against Tampa, Purdy stayed clean. Uh, zero sacks, fourth game of the year without giving up a sack for this offensive line. It happened three times, obviously, for Jimmy. Another clean game tonight or any other time this season, would be five games without giving up a sack, which would be the most in a season for the 49ers since 2000. So the much maligned offensive line has been playing well, and you can say it's a stylistic uh, accomplishment as much as it is actual physical presence of this, of this offensive line, but it's all got to fit together, and the ball comes out fast, and that's why quarterbacks stay clean. Keep your quarterback clean. Don't turn the ball over tonight. The magic number for Shanahan, I think he's 6-0 and when he runs the ball 40 or more times. That's the number he's looking for tonight. There's no doubt. Yeah, and, and the other thing that is incumbent upon the 49ers is to be able to get through this game without showing a lot of extra bells and whistles because we're getting to the stage now where you want to keep stuff under wraps until the playoffs so that you can pull some surprises. So... I think in and above and beyond everything else, Kyle Shanahan would like this to look as successfully vanilla as possible. <laughs> and the rest of the way turns into an opportunity to be, I mean, just, you know, fat-free frozen yogurt level plain 
if they get the win tonight because you can't do better than guaranteeing yourself a home game. Now, when it comes to seeding and, oh, would you want to open up against what, what, what the two seed right now is still Minnesota, correct? You know, it, where would they be? Who you well, right now they're third. They'd play Washington. Okay. Well, which is their team they play next week. Right. I, I don't think the 49ers need to be concerned with a seed as much as they need to be concerned with punching their ticket, just getting in there, and then getting as healthy as possible before a playoff run. That's the goal. It doesn't matter who the... This is a team that is built to beat anybody in the NFC, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we're looking at? Isn't that what we're talking about? Then just make sure that you show up ready to beat anybody as healthy as humanly possible. Because that sure does make things easier. And maybe the break that the Niners get is somebody else that means something to another team gets hurt along the way while they hopefully get Debo Samuel back before the price of poker goes way up. Yeah, I mean, right now they're almost locked into the three because the four is going to be the NFC South Who's leading? Who's leader? Tampa is six and seven, so they're going to end up with an a- NFC East team in all uh, in all likelihood. And I think the only one of those three they'd like to avoid is Dallas, because Dallas is good. the The Commanders are not, and the Giants are fading. I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the way to handicap it. Dallas is the most complete team with the best defense that's not named San Francisco. Giants absolutely fading right now. I don't know what the commanders are. <laughs> there are times I look at them and I think, that's eh, no big deal. There are other times I look at them and I say, Gee, that's, that's some physical Ron Rivera type football right there. So that's... It's not going to be easy. That's a game that you'd rather have at home. And again, with a win tonight, the 49ers will be guaranteed to have their first playoff game at home. Uh, Pickmas has officially come early. All of a sudden, this team is turning over its opponent at a very good rate. They've intercepted 14 passes through 13 games this year. That's the second most in the NFL behind Philadelphia's 15. The defense has registered two or more interceptions in back-to-back games now. So of the 14, five have come in just the last two games. Since week 10, the 49ers have an NFL high 12 takeaways. So you continue to do that. Turnover battle is going to go a long way to determining any and all games. A game tonight where you have a you know gained respect back, wink and a smile, Geno Smith. Out of a, uh, you know, and going up against Brock Purdy, who, you know, you just, you want to make it as simple as humanly possible on Brock. I don't care how excited you are about him. He is not a speed reader. He is still in his remedial reading portion of his career. Well, I mean, the only reason to have him throw a lot is if you're behind. And the second reason why you would do that is because you think your team has to because you feel like you want to get him up to speed on on the passing game part of it. And that's not Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan will run the ball every play if he needs to. And the fact is the 49ers went on defense and runs. That's it. No, nothing, there's nothing complicated about this. As many ways as you want to overthink it, the fact is the ball's going to be on the ground. This game may only take two and, hours, two and a half hours. So drink early and drink often. Should uh, Brock, though... Turn into the Brockett ship. Just start whipping it around everywhere. This is kind of interesting. 
He's thrown two or more touchdowns in each of his last two games. All of his two games. <laughs> exactly. Uh, with two or more passing touchdowns this week, tonight, Purdy's three straight games would be the longest streak by a 49er rookie quarterback since 1970 and the very first in the NFL of any rookie quarterback since Justin Herbert in 2020. That's okay. So that's the entire basically history of modern football as we know it by the Niners and Justin Herbert. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy's about to have a Justin Herbert like presence in this league, but maybe. I mean, there's no reason to really doubt him yet, right? I mean, there isn't. Now, he hasn't been put in a situation where questions like that should really pop up. But there's there's no reason to believe that Brock Purdy, with a degree of success throughout the rest of this, won't be looked at by Kyle Shanahan as the reason that I can finally now move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Especially with Trey Lance, who you'd think those two guys are battling out the starting job next year. Or, you know, when Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, it's safe to say week one, it might be his. Yeah, it might be. But then again, you're getting into that dangerous area where you're thinking ahead. Yep. When, in fact, it's December. It's week 15. It's take care of what's in front of you. You Kyle Shanahan will not even remotely consider anything about 2023 until everything about this is not only in the rearview mirror, but he's had a couple of weeks of severe drinking to think about it. Well, look, Dre Greenlaw talks about how this defense, it's getting easier and easier as they start playing. It's really just been throughout the whole season, man. Like, we've had times where, you know, we're getting out the field, through and out, back into the back of the back, and it's like, man, this is it's pretty easy, man. So it's always times and it's going to be some teams that give you some challenges. And, I mean, everybody got great players, so... It's some times where, you know, you're not sure. You're just like, man, you know, you got to really look deep inside. But when, when you're clicking and everything's working together, man, you definitely get that feel that, man, like, we, we could do this every play, every snap, and do it every week. A chance to improve to 10-4 and four and win their division tonight. They're wearing the all-whites, baby. The puro, uncut Colombian 49ers are out there. And they'll be playing the, it looks like a highlighter, got into the wash Seattle Seahawks. At least it's not a full monochromatic head-to-toe neon green. They are wearing blue plant, blue pants. So there's our there's our if, eyeballs won't actually burn out of our yeah, head. If you can't tell what team is which, go see a doctor. You're gonna yeah, you, you your TV needs an upgrade this holiday season if you're having trouble. Um what is something though that the Seahawks have for them? Is there really hasn't been any 49er team that almost isn't instantly eligible to step on their own cranks as soon as they walk into that stadium? I just saw Cam Inman offer up this nugget. In 21 games in Seattle, no matter what they call that field right now, with Lumen, whatever it is now, whatever it used to be, in 21 games, they got five wins up there. That's it. In game number 22 tonight, they're looking for a sixth win. That place has been a house of horrors. Now, it's a much different Seattle team than at the beginning of that conversation. But 
God, there are some times, Dre, just that uniform, that field gives certain teams heebie-jeebies. And I can also say that Pete Carroll has been doing this long enough to be as familiar with Kyle and the way he wants to go about doing things as any other coach in this league. So there is always an extra element of, you know, you might just get Seattled up there no matter how the hell they're playing. Yeah, but I think most of what that stat tells you is that Seattle used to be mighty, and now they're not. They're now a fringe playoff team. And fringe playoff teams have weaknesses, and in this case, their weakness matches a 49er strength really well. Which but is, when you go through the Harbaugh era into the best of the Shanahan era, there's one win since 2011 up there. And okay. they've been on the decline, and the Niners have been on the incline for a while. So there is an element of, ah, oh, crap, up in Seattle. And I'll tell you where you got to watch out tonight, where the Seahawks seems like they always burn the Niners up there. Special teams. Seattle's winning tonight. They're making a big special teams play. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jason Myers is a very good kicker. And that's always been in evidence. He's one of the things that is still there from the glory days. But by and large, if the, if the, if Seattle can't get their hands on the ball, which seems kind of likely based on the way they, they can't defend the run, uh, I don't know how special teams is going to save them. I mean, this almost feels, and I hate to do this, like a game in which if the 49ers establish what they want to do early, this could be a boat race. There's your Josh Johnson opportunity. Uh, well, he's the guy that's getting screwed here. And shame on Kyle Shanahan for persisting with this has-been Purdy. <laughs> uh, Dre Greenlaw, on the confidence level, they have in Brock tonight as a team. I'm very confident in uh, Brock Purdy. Just you know, the way that he, he handles himself, the way he carries himself from the time he got in, you just tell that he just, just something different about him. And then going at him, going against him for, you know, what, 14 weeks now, I guess. He just does some stuff that, you know, you see, you don't see other rookies doing, you know. It's the way that he's able to, uh, you know, like I said with Tom Brady a little bit, just the way he's able to manipulate with his eyes a little bit, farther along than what you would expect a rookie to be doing. And, and I mean, honestly, some of these quarterbacks that have been in the league for a couple years, you know, can't even do that still. So, you know, that was big for us whenever we saw that. But then just the way that he, how poised he is when he's in the pocket, you know what I mean? And he makes good decisions with the ball, and, and then he's able to, you know, create things, you know, with his leg and, you know, be able to, you know, buy more time for the guys to get open. So uh, he just kind of got that effect that, you know, I just you can't really explain. But, uh, I mean, he uh, he shows it. So, uh, I mean, I got all the confidence in the world with the man and can't wait to see what he can do with the rest of the season. Based on what we've seen, Based on what we've seen, it's not out of the realm of reason to even include Trey Lance in this evaluation. Brock Purdy might have the best pocket presence. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is prone to do a 360, escaping, moving nowhere in a, in, in a pocket and take a sack. Happy feet or stuck feet. Brock Purdy might have the most escapability. He might feel the pocket the best. He stepped up into the pocket a couple of times against both Tampa and Miami. That made me think, God, he's really comfortable out there. And you just heard Dre Greenlaw say he moves guys with his eyes. That's not a trait of young quarterbacks. It's not. 
It's not in this league. That is someone who did play four years of college. And by the way, we're going to have a uh, Steve Kerr interview for you. We actually, after talking about everything that's happened with the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry, who, by the way, if you're just joining us and didn't see this at work, he won't need surgery, but he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. He has a partially dislocated shoulder, um, and it's just not good for the Warriors. But we circle back. Uh, to Brock Purdy and even asked Steve Kerr about it. And he said, look, it means something when you get live reps in a sport. And Purdy is a four-year guy. And he even said the way Draymond is a four-year guy. Let's be honest. Draymond doesn't fall to the second round if he's three inches taller. He doesn't. There's no way. That was still in the time of tweeners don't mean what they mean in this league. He was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He was a four-year starter base. Well, he wasn't a four-year starter, but he was a four-year piece of Tom Izzo's puzzle and had great success. Had Draymond been three inches taller, he's a first-rounder for sure. Had Brock Purdy been three inches taller, he might be the fourth, fifth quarterback off the board in this last draft. All that's true, but if Draymond Green is three inches taller, he might not be as quick. You're and, totally right. And if Brock Purdy, you know, had played at a at, at a bigger program, maybe you know, maybe he gets lost. In the, you, the the what if game is it's great if you've had about eight beers in you, which is eight more than I've had. So I think what he is is what makes the story work. If he's you know, if he's the fifth pick in this draft. I don't think anybody much cares. I think, I think it's the fact that he was like 255th that it has caught people's fancy. There's a little baked-in luxury to not showing up with expectations, isn't there? Uh, there's a there's a baked-in luxury, but there's also a luxury in basic in falling into this team as opposed to falling into the kind of team that most third-string quarterbacks fall into. I mean, his job is, as quarterbacks go... Incredibly easy. If his team's playing well, he gets to hand the ball off 45 times. That's not very strenuous. And if his team's playing well, the defense is, you know, making sure that he doesn't have to chase touchdowns. I mean, he's got it as good as a guy can have it. Niners are favored by three tonight on the road. You're over under 43. Ray, if the Niners have their wishes, that's going to hit under. And uh, you know what? We're going to have to come up with a little fade the public for tomorrow, and we're going to have to do it quickly because Ray and I are going to have a short show tomorrow with the Warriors in Philadelphia taking on the fight in Kate Scott's. By the way, have we got Kate Scott coming up tomorrow by any chance? I know we put in a, a, a what is a long request list for Kate Scott's availability. I think every show tried to book her, but we should be able to outrank everyone just based on the prowess of we have Ray Ratto and the other shows don't. Well, I've got your fade the public now. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah. It's uh, the Steelers. Opened uh, the look ahead line. They were minus three. They are now plus two and a half at Carolina. Woo. Carolina coming in red hot, right? Well, I don't know about red hot, yeah, but they just beat Seattle. Yeah, I think they're four and nine. They're, they're, they're really not as hot as you think. So, we got ourselves football. Big game tonight for the 49ers. There is no doubt about it. Hopefully it is no house of horrors for them up in Seattle. Hopefully Brock continues to leave everybody with that good tingly feeling. And this 49ers defense continues to be the preeminent dominant force 
Yeah, Greenlaw just dropped a pick. In football. Uh, you know what, though? He was a really good interview, so we're going to give him that one mulligan. We don't have, what do we got, about five minutes left here? Is that, is that it before we get to seven, seven minutes left? Fantastic. Because we want to circle around to the big headlines of the day. We're going to have a conversation that we already had live at 3.30 with Steve Kerr coming up next for you here on all your Warriors concerns stemming from who's going to be available to go the rest of this road trip, how Steph Curry is handling an injury that's probably going to cost him a month by any and all conservative estimates. Again, this is what Shams was talking about today on Bally Sports. Sources tell me that Steph Curry has sustained a labrum injury in that left shoulder. Um, it's not believed to be super serious because, you know, it could have been a case where a, a torn labrum and surgery and you're out, you know, this jeopardizes most of the remainder of the season. But in this case, I'm told surgery is is not expected to be required and he's going to be reevaluated in about two weeks and the expectation though is that he's going to be be out even beyond that probably closer to a month before Steph Curry can return to the floor it's of course a devastating blow to a Warriors team that's reeling right now and, and tough because Christmas Day is right around the corner that Grizzlies Warriors game was a template game for the NBA on Christmas Day but no Steph Curry on Christmas Day and no Steph Curry for about the next month for the Warriors at least so there you go. That's what it sounds like. Moses Moody, I mean, step on up, right? This is a big opportunity, and he says this is going to be a test of the team's overall chutzpah. I mean, we could see the game wasn't going how we wanted it to. A lot of stuff wasn't going right. I feel like times like this is a test for your team and your resilience to see stuff going the wrong way, and you could either you know start pointing fingers and get down, or you can have what it takes to fight back. And that mindset doesn't really change. It's, if you got it right now during regular season, during a random away game, you have that same mindset in the playoffs and everybody looking. So just making sure we have that and building on that. The other bit of Warriors news, and we talk about this with uh, Steve Kerr as well, is that both Ryan Rollins and James Wiseman have been recalled to the Warriors. They got a red eye that they're going to be flying on tonight and will show up in Philadelphia, what they will contribute. By the way, James Wiseman. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, James Wiseman. Enjoy that. That'll be the last time the two of them see each other. Because Embiid's going to stand on his head. He he might. He might. Um, so that's what you need to know about what's going on with the Warriors. The bit of breaking baseball news right before we got to 5 o'clock is that the Carlos Rodon era lasted one whole season. He is a New York Yankee signing a... Six-year, not seven-year. What was the number again? I already... I 162. Closed. 27 million AAD. 162. Man, I would have really liked to seen the... the Excuse me, San Francisco Giants come on back and say, how you doing, Carlos? But, Sean Minaya, okay. I, I think Ross Stripling is a nice signing. Mitch Hanniger... Look, Mitch Hanniger and Carlos Correa together should be looking at 1,100, 1,200 at-bats if they both stay healthy. These are two guys that are not coming out of your lineup. One a switch hitter, and the other you just gave the largest contract to in the history of the San Francisco Giants. You can't go about platooning that guy. The Correa deal is not just the largest in franchise history, says Alex Pavlovich. It's more than the Giants have ever committed to an entire class of players. In a single off season, what is I mean, and I say this without reservation. 
Carlos Correa can play. Okay, he's good. Like I saw somebody earlier on the text line saying, is he even a top 50 player? Yes. Yeah, Carlos Correa is capital G-double-O-D at Major League Baseball. But what he doesn't do is put up the kind of gaudy, gaudy, gaudy numbers you think the Giants would want attached to their first $300-plus million contract. As a matter of fact, and I want to reiterate, he's a natural hitter. He hit 291 last year with the Twins. So, you know, not a ton of protection there, and he still got it done. His success has much more to do with his own talent, his own ability to control that bat, than it does who's protecting him, where he's playing, and that's that's really good because they just gave a boatload of money to this guy who turns 28 in September. So he's going to be 28 all season long, basically to the end of it. If uh, if the Giants you know, are in the postseason, he'll be celebrating his birthday in the postseason. But it's kind of amazing that the Giants would break their bank wide open for a guy in free agency who has never hit more than 26 home runs in any single season, who has never driven in 100 runs in any season. He's topped 100 runs scored just once in his career. He has an injury history and is just begging for more of that because that's what happens to 6'4 shortstops who are always bending over. It's curious. I mean, I, it surprised me that he was the one who got the King's ransom. Well, one, he was the best thing available. He was. Two, the King's ransom is defined differently now than it used to be. This free agent group has made, I believe it's over $3 billion. It's by far the biggest spending Major League Baseball has ever done in this period. And... The Mets are on the hook for just a half billion of that almost by themselves. Well, weirdly enough, the Di- the Giants have spent a million dollars more in this free agent period than the Mets have. They've spent more right. money than anybody. But they're not going to be looking to tax the way Mets are. No, that's true. But the other thing, and people who are concerned about term will want to know this. The longer you sign a guy for, the better tax advantages you get. In fact... Uh, when the Padres were interested in giving uh, Aaron Judge 14 years and $400 million, uh, people thought that Major League Baseball was going to step in and void that deal because 14 years is considered excessive for tax evasion. Uh, the NHL went through this about 15 years ago. And in fact, one player, uh, I think from the New, New Jersey Devils, was was given a 17-year deal. Brindamore? No, it wasn't Brindamore. No. Um, it was one of their many mediocre Russians. And the league stepped in and said, we know what you're doing here. Try again. They they basically voided the deal. Are you proud of my Rod Brendamore poll? I am. Thank you. Although I think he was not a, a devil at any point. Then you shouldn't be proud of me at all. Uh, well, the fact that you got a name, I think, that wasn't Wayne Gretzky is sufficient for me. Was it Kovalchuk? Chuck? You mean the name that, that Lucas just whispered to you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let, let's do this. Um, so, to kind of put a fine, fine point on the Carlos Correa, okay, that's a little interesting. What if I told you that Brandon Belt had a career on base percentage of three fifty six, and Carlos Correa's career on base percentage is three fifty seven? Ugh. Uh, what if I told you that he must absolutely rake then at 24 Willie Mays Plaza? Well... It's, it's a small sample size, but he's a 158 hitter in that ballpark. It's the second worst of his career. Uh, he's only played five games there. Uh, his second worst ballpark is Petco. 
No, excuse me. That is his worst ballpark. He's in at Petco, where he's only played nine games. He's a 147 hitter there at Dodger Stadium, a 217 hitter. Welcome to the West, Carlos Correa. We're going to welcome back Steve Kerr here, joining us on 95.7 The Game in just a moment. And that's how we are wrapping up this program this evening. We're brought to you by Lucky California. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Steve Kerr, brought to you by Xfinity. Stay connected, protected, and entertained. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, always appreciate your time. Steph's MRI today revealed the partial dislocation. I'm not a doctor, but man, good news that there is no surgery attached. But when I hear he'll be reevaluated in two weeks, that makes me and makes a lot of the basketball world think he could be out about a month here. Do you feel that way? Uh, I have no idea how long he'll be out. I'm just relieved that it was uh, not more serious and that uh, he will be back. So, um, yeah, that was good news today. Uh, you know, Ray and I were just talking about how replacing him in just the minutes he rests during a game has been quite a head-scratcher and a headache for you guys. So looking at any sort of you know, sustained absence of Steph Curry is obviously bad news for him, but it does create opportunity for others. And I guess there's some silver lining. Uh, you know, you, we are going to see more pool. We're going to see more moody, clay, green light personified. Yeah, I mean, you know, when uh, when guys go down, there's always opportunity for for other players, and and that'll be the case here. Um, and we're going to have to, uh, you know, hold down the fort because it's it's not going to be easy. It's been a rough go anyway, even with Steph, um, especially on the road. Uh, the good news is, you know, we, we uh, obviously with 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 the the news today, um, Steph will be back with. Lots of season left, and um, it doesn't feel like anybody's running away with the West. And if, as long as we can just stay within striking range, um, you know, we feel good about our team and you know, when we're healthy. So we just gotta just gotta navigate the uh, the path and and go from there. How um, when you when you saw him get hurt and you saw the reaction on his face, are you by nature in that moment? A pessimist, um, like thinking, "Oh God, it's the year," or "Oh God, it's three months." Uh, do you go to the dark place when you see a guy get hurt, or do you have you learned how to just process that, you know, as it comes? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing you can do about it when it happens. And, and um, you know, last night it happened in, late in the third quarter, so we're right in the middle of a close game, and we got to turn our attention to the game itself. Um, so I didn't really have time to think much about it. And then um, as soon as we got into the locker room, I was able to, to talk to Steph briefly. And he, he thought that... Um, you know, and he was right that it wasn't going to be too serious. Um, so it was all, um, it all felt like, uh, this is, you know, this is something that's going to be manageable. He was absolutely cooking right up into that injury, too. I mean, he was just playing a spectacular game. Um, it, the injury seemed like just such a benign play, a play that is made in an NBA game 25, 35, 45 different times, and the way that Steph has completely rocked up his body, I, I was stunned to see him come away, but it just shows you how, how precious and delicate it all is, and shoulders and knees and ankles, these are, these are really not friends to athletes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, these guys take a beating, and, uh, and we, we, we pay for it later on in life. You know, trust me, every, everything hurts now for me. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's part of it. And, um, you know, Steph is such an incredible athlete in terms of his dedication to his conditioning and his endurance. And um, he'll find a way over the next couple of weeks to, uh, to maintain his body the best way he can, and uh, yeah, he's always uh, he's always figuring it out as he goes uh, physically. And uh, but you're right, he was amazing last night. He's had a spectacular season, and hopefully, in the end, this is uh, just a blip, and he gets gets a little rest the next two three weeks, and then uh, and then he comes back strong. So that's the that's the hope. How thankful is your medical staff that this, this is his offhand, his non-shooting shoulder? Yeah, I didn't really talk to Rick yet about that, but I would assume that that um, plays a role, that, that that's helpful, especially in his recovery. Uh, I would think he'd be more likely to be able to, uh, to shoot and stuff, you know, uh, before he comes back, just uh, given that his right shoulder is healthy. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all unfolds the next couple of weeks. Without telling me what the actual answer to this is, I'm going to ask, how much time have you spent since the end of last night to thinking about the new rotations? Uh, I mean, how quickly do you sort of go from, God, that really sucks for him, to, oh, my God, I got to fix this? Yeah, I mean, you know, you start thinking about it um, almost immediately. And um, first in the context of, you know, what does it mean for the Sixers? How do we... How do we handle that game? And then, in terms of what does it mean for you know the next couple of weeks against everybody else? Uh, Joel Embiid is so unique uh, as a player that um, you know you 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 have to think of the Sixers a little differently than you would um, you know any other team. But um, you know we are about to head to dinner as a as a staff and uh, hash all this stuff out and hopefully. You know, come come up with a good plan to to put put some good combinations on the floor and find the right path. Steve Kerr here on ninety five seven. The game does. Uh, are you a stress eater? Will there be an extra dessert tonight with all this? <laughs> I'm really not. I'm you know I'm I'm relatively calm at this stage of my career. You know, other than that Milwaukee game the other night when I lost my mind on the refs. But, but for the most part, I'm able to 
you know, stay pretty rational about all this stuff. I mean, it's your injuries are part of it. Um, you know, losses are part of it. It's uh, this 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 gig is not easy for players or for coaches, and and that's why we celebrate the way we do when we win because it's it's really hard. But um, that's the challenge, and that's something that we all kind of look forward to each day. You know, one of the things that I think is a little difficult about this whole thing too is because you're now going to get the opportunity to evaluate some players, give some more minutes to you know. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Jordan Poole, I'm assuming, is going to be starting games here. You know, Moses Moody comes into focus. And as important as the minutes will be and the growth and practice and development that they need, how do you actually evaluate whatever you're about to see knowing that the Warriors really aren't the Warriors or showing any sort of evaluation period without Steph Curry? I mean, you, you have talked time and time again how difficult it is to play around the core of this group. So how do you evaluate independent progress without the main cog that is Steph Curry? Well, you, you don't worry about that stuff too much. You just you just try to win each game, and um, you try to put the best combinations that you can on the floor. You know, um, you know one of the reasons that that uh, I played Ty Jerome, you know, in games when we're shorthanded is we need an organizer. We need, you know, we need a guy to to help us uh, get organized and 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 uh, make make play calls and and you know get us into a position to succeed. And so it's uh, it's not a case where you can say, all right, Steph's out. Well, let's just play all our young guys or let's play this this group of five. You got you got to find the right combinations and uh, and that's that changes as soon as Steph goes out you know combinations change because of the the, the difference in in the talent level so that's what we have to figure out and, and within that we're, we're just teaching the young guys and watching film with them and giving them their opportunities and and it's all part of their development in terms just of the process of trying to figure out new combinations uh, do you have sort of a uh, guide to how long you feel comfortable that that should take or is it just you're frantically trying to keep up the wallpaper until it sticks yeah it depends on on uh, what time of the year it is i think early in the year you're you're much more likely to give something you know eight or ten games and uh, now that we're you know a third of the way into things it's it's a little different you know you you can't afford to give give uh Certain combinations, a, a long rope. You you have to uh, you have to, to to get results right away, and so you're much more likely to to uh, make quicker decisions. Steve Kerr here on Damon and Ratto. You've just announced there are some reinforcements on the way from Santa Cruz. James Wiseman and Ryan Rollins are going to be with you, I believe, as early as tomorrow. Uh, can yeah. we expect to see them on the court tomorrow? What will their ask be? We'll see. You know, they're, they're going to take the red eye tonight, which is not easy. Um, you know, so hopefully they'll get some sleep on the on the plane and they'll come to shoot around in the morning and um, they'll, you know, they'll be suited up for tomorrow night. But um, at this point, um, I imagine with Embiid, it'll be a, a, a committee trying to guard him. And uh, so I would think James will be out on the floor some and, um, it's a nice so welcome then, back to the NBA, yeah, right? That's a, that's a rough welcome back. Uh, your first, sure first assignment is Joel Embiid. Go at it, kid. That's tough. Um, I, I've looked at 
at Andre Iguodala as someone who was going to be there, like break in case of emergency and inside you don't pull the fire alarm, but you pull Andre Iguodala into your rotation. Uh, should I just stop asking about Andre Iguodala at this point? Or is 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 there a situation that has just presented himself that it's going to accelerate his timeline and he's going to be out there playing maybe sooner than the original plan might have been? He's, he's going to play at some point, um, but we just don't have a date. I mean, the, the whole point is uh, we're, 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 we just want him healthy in the playoffs. And uh, he's, he's working every day with our training staff. He's getting shots up. Um, so the answer is yes. Just stop asking, and at some point he'll be back out on the floor, and then we can talk about him then. Well, let, let me ask this then, since I'm not going to ask directly about that. Will you know he's ready when he starts getting impatient to play again? Is how much of a metric is that? He'll just you know he and the training staff will tell me. Um, they'll say all right, let's you know, let's ramp it up, and uh, you know he's going to play next Tuesday, whatever it is. So um, I, I'm not overly concerned about that because I've got a you know I've got enough stuff to to worry about and whenever whenever that time comes then uh, I'll be excited to get him back out there. Make a list of the things you're worried about in order. <laughs> Number one, Steph's injury. <laughs> How's that for a start? Okay, three, four, and five as well. Don't you think? No, I, I'm not sure. I really want to go down that path, but uh, no, I'm saying Steph could qualify for all of them. <laughs> yeah, he he sort of factors into all of them for sure. But uh, you know, we got to play better on the road. I mean, <clears throat> I think we're two and thirteen or something, two and twelve, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> that that's just so unlike us. Um, so we've we've got to connect the game. I, you know, I, it just feels like when we're on the road, we are getting scattered offensively and we're too chaotic, you know, taking bad shots or turning it over. We had 23 turnovers, 24 turnovers last night, I think. And that leads to bad defense. And it's just, it's a hard recipe, you know, to, to throw in there if you think you're going to win on the road. So we gotta, we got to get solid. You know, after that win over the Celtics, Draymond said something that I, I believe in. I, I think you guys can beat anybody at home. At home... You're officially still the Golden State Warriors, but on the road again, it's 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 like the Orlando Magic, and it's got to leave you scratching your head. You just kind of went into some detail about the scatteredness of it all. Is is this are, are are you more easily intimidated with the you know makeup of this team than you were a year ago? Any rhyme or reason to such a huge pendulum in between who you are at home and who you are on the road? And is there any fear that who you are on the road? isn't necessarily who you really are but that's i've always said like who you're at home is it shows you where it could go the pinnacle how far it could go the potential that you have to be as good as humanly possible but you are kind of who you are on the road it, it, uh, do you feel that way i mean if you're going to be a, a a team that goes places you have to win some road games for sure because that's what you know raymond always has the stat however many playoff series in a row we've won a road game um that's a really significant stat yeah and i forget what it is 25 or something or basically all of them <laughs> yeah pretty much you know for the last uh, nine years or so 10 years uh, the warriors have won a road playoff game so um that that's a good indicator that you got a championship contender. So uh, we we have to be better, and and uh, and we will. Um, 
but um, you know, it's it, it's just taking time. We've got young players who are doing a great job. You know, Moses Moody has played well the last couple of weeks, and Kaminga's been been you know much better and, and settling into a good role. Um, you know, and, and we've got our new guys are now I think finding themselves. Uh, Dante has been really good. Jermichael had an excellent game last night, so. You know, we're finding we're finding um, roles for guys, but um, it's not coming together. You know, we we it, it still has to come together, and that that's probably going to take some more time, especially with Steph out. Before this season, yeah, I, and I'm not asking you to compare this to any of those, but what was the longest time it took for you to feel like the parts were meshing to the point where the game was in fact connected on a routine basis? Before this season, meaning uh, in in all of the seasons that I've coached here with the Warriors, yeah. Uh, well, um, I guess two. You know, the, you, you kind of throw out the injury year, yeah, um, when everybody was out. But two years ago, when we lost in the play-in, um, it took us three quarters of the season to find ourselves, and and you know we were really good over the last twenty games or so. Um, but it, it took a long time uh, for us to find it. And um, it's, it just varies. Every year is different, and the circumstances are different. Personnel is different. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've got to keep, keep plugging away. Steve Kerr with us here on 95.7 The Game, just for a few more minutes, um, specifically about last night. You're down 12 with eight minutes to play which is the equivalent of, you know, being down four in the modern NBA. <laughs> and, and Draymond gets tossed. You know, with Curry nursing an injury back in the locker room, Draymond just cannot stop talking to an official long enough to not get thrown out of the game. How much does that frustrate you? Well, it's frustrating, but it's uh, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it had been a rough game. For Draymond, uh, he had uh, a couple of questionable travel calls on him. Um, he's frustrated. He, you know, he 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 is Draymond is who he is, and so you can't embrace the passion and the desire and the competitiveness that leads to championships and leads to this amazing era that we're in, and then and then separate that from the ejections. Like it doesn't work that way. It's all part of the package. So um, I love Draymond. He's the ultimate champion, the ultimate winner. Uh, he he lives on the edge in this league, and sometimes he goes over, and he always comes back. So um, I'm I'm good with it. I will I will ride with Draymond forever. Is there anything? And this may be an idiot's question, but since you consider the source, you can make the proper <laughs> assumption. Um, is there anything to the notion that Draymond Draymond has been in the league? often enough that when he feels an official is frustrating him that he could have the presence of mind to go maybe to the veteran official in the group to make his case rather than the guy who offended him or is that too much of an ask for any player well you saw uh, you know a couple nights ago in milwaukee um in what was a tough night for for him and for all of us um he calmly went over to the official and pointed out the, the fan who was threatening him, you know, and, and um, you know, so he, he's absolutely capable of, uh, you know, calmly taking handling a situation, but it's not always going to be that way. And like I said, um, 
I embrace Draymond for uh, who he is because he he cares uh, dramatically about the outcome and about his play. He's passionate about the team, about the Warriors, passionate about everything. And, uh, you know, he's he's occasionally going to get tossed from a game. He's, he's going to get a lot of technicals. That's all part of it. And um, you, you live with that. I know you're a big sports fan. I know you love a great sports story. What do you think of what Brock Purdy has done with the 49ers? That's well, awesome, you know, and, and um, it, 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 I, I think a little bit of, of the NBA when I, when I see the, um, the, the success that he's had after, I think, playing four years in college, right? Did he play four years? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, and I, I just, you know, I think there are some comparisons to be made. You see some of the the young quarterbacks who come into the league and they, you know, they haven't played that much. Uh, just going to take longer to develop, and sometimes you get, you know, these guys who may, maybe weren't as highly regarded, um, who play four years in college, a la Draymond Green and um, you know Brock Purdy, you know, guys who weren't first round picks and weren't these, uh, you know prospects so to so so to speak coming out of college and then like oh wait and you're suddenly reminded you know that guy started a million games and he has been trained for this way more than the young guys you know and, and so i like i like this story i mean he's playing great and that's great for the city great for the team um but a, a good reminder too that uh, all these young guys in every sport they they need reps they need experience uh, who do you like Saturday morning? Well, I picked Argentina in the pool, the team pool. So um, I'm sticking with sticking with Argentina. No. I lied to you. It was Sunday. I'm sorry. Oh, Sunday. I didn't know either. So okay. you're good. So you're going to really be riveted to it based on the fact that neither of us know what day the game is. <laughs> exactly. I will be watching though. It's been fun. It's been uh, it's been great to watch. I was. Captivated by Morocco, they put up an amazing fight, and uh, just to get as far as they did, and then to 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 pressure France the entire second half. It, I mean, they were just peppering that goalie. Uh, they were they were amazing to watch, and then to see all the Moroccan fans in the stands crying, and uh, just the passion, the emotion of sports. It's, uh, that's that's what we love. Steve, speaking of uh, passion, emotion. And uh, games on Saturdays, last Saturday. And this is maybe the only good news that I, I can deliver to you this week. You don't have to get me minutes in Paris with the Olympic team after all. My Hoosiers go down to your Wildcats, who are, they got NBA size up front. They are absolutely huge, and they got shooters. Indiana got inside out at about as hard as I've seen Indiana get inside out in a really long time. Uh, Arizona, Final Four, write it down. I, uh, I did not see the game we were playing that night, but I will report to you that Will Sheehy, former Hoosier on our staff, uh, we had a bet, and Will was forced to wear an Arizona T-shirt at practice the next day, and it uh, brought me great joy. Did, it, did he regard it as the great shame of his life, as he should? <laughs> he, he definitely was somewhat humiliated, which made it all the better. Give my regards to Will and tell him I'm ready for a beer. Swap some I war let, stories. I will let him know. Thank you so much, Steve. Good luck the rest of this road trip, and uh, we always appreciate your time. Have a good dinner tonight. 
All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Steve Kerr here on Damon and Ratto, brought to you by Xfinity. Stay connected, protected, and entertained. Ray, we went through an awful lot there with Steve. What jumped out to you is maybe the most interesting thing he said. Well, most of it was typical lies that he tells us. But I thought that the actual interesting thing was that he sort of said we're about a third of the way through the season, and now things start to get serious. I mean, I thought that you rarely get a coach who will say, this is about the time that the experimentation has to end and you have to start getting results and reacting to results. You can't rebuild. You can't sort of build for the future anymore. You, you, All you have is the year in front of you. It is going to be hard to get positive results, obviously, without Steph Curry for what feels like the next four weeks. And that almost feels like it might be a conservative estimate. He will be reevaluated in two weeks. And concerning the Warriors tomorrow night in Philadelphia, Ray, your third favorite show of the week. Yesterday, clearly your favorite because we weren't on. Uh, Tuesday was a short one, and tomorrow's going to be a short one. It's a half an hour of you and me. And then a half an hour Warriors live, then it's Miller time. It's almost not even worth turning the car off for. There you go. Uh, Steph Curry obviously will be out. Andrew Wiggins out of the game, but he has been cleared to return to practice. There's some good news. We'll see what Draymond's position is tomorrow. He's questionable with a quad bruise. Ray and I will be talking, obviously, about everything that's happening in Seattle with the 49ers tonight when we join you again tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Coming up next on the game, brought to you by Fremont Bank. It's Warriors Roundtable. Kevin Dana, Gary St. Jean, an hour of Warriors talk, and... I have a feeling I know what their uh, you know main topic is going to be. Josh You're, Johnson. Get right into it. Is he ready to go? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks to Steve Kerr, John Dickinson, Dre Greenlaw for joining us. Lucas, thank you very much. Grandy, thank you. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.